Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Campionato di calcio italiano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Clancy. I'm very, very, very happy this week because I've been back inside a Serie A stadium for the first time. First time in a stadium since May. First time in a Serie A stadium since, I think, February. So it's been good. I'm joined to talk about that latest Serie A action by my friend Vito Doria. Vito, it's good to see you and speak to you again. How is everything? Uh, look, in general, things... They're okay, but uh, at least uh, uh, football is a great distraction. And uh, I think in general, the European leagues, they've been exciting, but Serie A in particular has been on fire so far. So, yeah, really looking forward to talking about the latest action from round two. Yeah, it has been on fire, but there have been two nil-nil draws in Serie A this season. Uh, Both of them came this weekend, and both of them were games that I did the match reports on. So, um. Guys, I'll warn you in the future if I'm doing a report on a game, maybe don't watch it. Also joined by another friend of mine, Kev Pugjalski. Kev, it's good to see you again. How are you? I'm good. I'm also still getting into stadiums, so you know the world isn't ruining that for us. Um, I'm hopefully going to be allowed into uh, San Siro to watch Liverpool later in the season. So mm. maybe you can tell me if I'm going to have to jump through loads of red tape. Um, did you have that this weekend going in on the... Um, right, so yeah, I was back at a game and this is the first time I've been at a game since the Green Pass was implemented. Obviously, I've been at games throughout the pandemic, fortunately. I've been one of the lucky ones uh, who's still been able to go. But no, it was it was very, very straightforward. It was a little bit strange because when I got to the Mape at first, it was the first time in, I guess, 18 months that I collected my accreditation from the usual place and not at the actual gate. So everything was back in order. The tickets weren't being sold where they had been getting sold. 
during the the weird months of the pandemic where people were still allowed to go to games the the, the accreditation was picked up like pre-covid world um and then i went up to the gate and there were little i guess little gazebos set up with with the people doing the green pass scanning so i walked up to those got the green pass scanned went over got my ticket scanned and went in so it I won't say that it added another queue, but it just added another stop-off point en route to to the gate. And it was all very, very straightforward. Although my heart did stop momentarily because I've known that a lot of people have been having slight issues with the Green Pass in Italy. And when I got to the gate, the, the girl scanned it and I was kind of half paying attention and all I heard was, non va, it's not working. And then she scanned it again and says, no, it's not working. And then she looked at her her superior, who thankfully came over and did it from a different angle. And it worked. And I was so relieved when I heard that do-ding rather than the do-do. So it was it was nice. But no, no extra complications, I would say. Although that's from the, the press side of things. I'm not sure in terms of getting tickets, if it is any more complicated. But based on my experience, Kev, you should be okay. Good, good. I saw, I did see somebody... Uh... Uh, must have been a fan based in Italy who's going to the Bentagodi and uh, he managed to get tickets fine. It you know, didn't look like he was a season to gold. Obviously, they're playing into which is probably a, a very popular game. But he said he like had two checks here and then another two things were checked. And but he just you know they left it very early and uh, got in obviously. And um, I did see that actually at, at Lazio too. A friend of the pod, a long time listener, Scott. Who who said that he had to go through? I think two different checks for the for the green pass. Curiously, but anyway, yeah, let's see. Anyway, guys, look, we're here to talk about the Serie A action that happened on the pitch. Before we get into it, just another reminder that Forza Italian Football are now on Patreon. We will be doing a lot of exclusive content solely for our patrons. We did a bonus podcast last week, myself and Ewan. Did a quick preview to the the round to come, which has now been and gone. And there will be a newsletter, which is starting tomorrow, actually. I'll be sending that out. So do head over to patreon.com forward slash Forza Italian Football. Sign up for as little, from as little or for as little, who knows, two euro a month. Um, Maximum is 10 euro a month. And there's a nice middle one of five euro a month. So Head over there, sign up, and get bonus content as well as priority to questions on the podcast. Round two, it's finished. The results are as follows. Udinese beat Venezia 3-0. Venezia really struggling to adapt to life in Serie A since their promotion. Verona put up a fight but lost 3-1 to Inter, inspired by debutant Joaquin Correa. Lazio beat Spezia 6-1. 6-1. Ciro Mobile with a first half hat-trick. Atalanta drew 0-0 with Bologna. Fiorentina beat Torino 2-1. Empoli, for the first time ever, went away to Juve and won 1-0. Napoli beat Genoa 2-1. Sassuolo and Sampdoria played out a scoreless draw. Roma beat Salernitana 4-0. And Milan thumped Cagliari 4-1. So there are all the games. Those are all of the results. And we are going to start where else? than at the Allianz Stadium, where Vito Empoli went away and beat Juventus 1-0. What a result. As I said, it's the first time in their history that they have won away at Juventus. Incredible. Oh, the result in itself was incredible, but uh, 
it wasn't a fluke either. It was a surprising result considering that Empoli have just been promoted back into Serie A and also Juve won nine titles in the previous decade. But uh, Empoli, they took their chance in the first half thanks to Leonardo Mancuso. But uh, they were very composed on the ball. The coach, Andrea Zoli, had his players in natural positions that suited them. He didn't deviate from what was there last season under uh, Dionisi. And uh, when they were on the ball, they were a lot more fluid. They were able to create chances, find the spaces. So although they were strong defensively and they were able to limit your space most of the time, uh, they were still able to generate those scoring opportunities and they probably should have scored another one or two. No, they should have. They should have. And I'm really, really happy for, for Empoli, uh, Mancuso and Andrea Tolli, of course, because I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen, I hope you guys have seen on Twitter, uh, a video has resurfaced from, I believe it was two or three years ago when he took Empoli away to, to Juve and they lost. He went to do his press conference after Allegri had done his and the the press room is empty and he arrives and he looks around and he thinks, okay, and the first thing he says is, already Allegri's already come and gone, yeah? And it sounds like there are two journalists there and they just quickly say, yes. He goes, ah, okay, this is why there's nobody here. Anyway, Pochi Mabwani, I just loved that. I love that from him and it's nice to see him go back there and get a win. I'm sure the the journalists were dying to ask him questions after the game for sure. What a result that was. But we've got to say it, Kev, as as impressive as... Actually, no, I I forgot. Vito, I want to stick with you because we've got to talk about Mancuso, don't we? He's 29 years old. He was previously owned by Juventus. I think in 2018 or something. Now he's he's gone away to Juve with Empoli and he's only gone and scored his first ever Serie A goal against Juventus. It's a remarkable story. Yes, he's one of those guys that's risen from the lower divisions of Italian football and uh, Italy has that uh, uncanny ability to find these late bloomers, these players who might not have been uh, promising youngsters coming through the youth ranks of the big teams, but uh, they've started from obscurity and what they were at. Uh, Mancuso was a winger in the lower divisions, but eventually got converted into a striker and he produced some impressive numbers at teams like uh, Catanzaro, San Benedetese and Pescara. Now he's with Empoli and Empoli with the style of play that they implement and also, the way they know how to develop strikers or improve on their abilities, it's a great environment for him, and uh, he's already become a cult hero with that goal. So, it's a, a great memory to have, and an incredible rise for someone like him as well. Yeah, for sure. You just know everyone in Catanzaro, with it being in the heart of Calabria, possibly even the the capital of of Calabria, was probably cursing him this weekend, being a. Uh, Likely Juventus supporters down that neck of the woods. Anyway, Kev, we've got to say it because as good as Empoli were, Juventus were disastrous. We saw Giorgio Chiellini. Did we? Yes, it was Chiellini. Say to Allegri on the side of the pitch, this isn't the team. And coming from him to Allegri, 
in the camera's vision. That is as damning as it gets for Juve. Yeah, well, Chiellini would certainly know. Um, you know, being one of the the last now of the kind of great, great might be a strong word, but certainly the dominant uh, Juventus side of the last kind of decade. Um, and I was trying to sort of put my finger on what it is because obviously there's been some relatively poor recruitment. You know, we know that the midfield has <laughs> That's an understatement, to, uh, to be fair. Well, the recruitment's been disastrous. Yeah, but then I was I was trying to think of, you know, you think about the side that Allegri took over and and that's pot. Well, yeah, let's not get into the Conti's Allegri over, uh, Conti's Juventus over Allegri's Juventus. But I thought, player for player, they're not, they're not dissimilar in quality as to what's gone before them, but as a team, um, they are certainly not even the sum of their parts. And that Empoli goal was almost a sort of an example of of of, of where it's kind of going wrong. There's just all this sort of confusion sometimes around. There was this sort of quiet assuredness from Juventus at times. You know that that ball wouldn't ricochet or bounce to somebody and it just it just wouldn't get through that next layer of person before it broke to Mancuso to to sort of slot it home and it's but it's all over the pitch it's you know it's not just you know Chesney made mistakes last week but it's not just him the defense looks a little bit in a muddle at times the midfield doesn't look like it's got any sort of coherence and then as you sort of move forward they just have seemed a bit lost since um Ronaldo joined which we'll we'll get on to later obviously um and I saw somebody refer to that as playing with 10 men until Ronaldo scores is what they've been doing since he was there and I thought that's that's not quite correct but uh, it's not a bad uh, sort of summation of of how they've been over the last couple of years they, they have all often looked like a team playing with 10 men and not just because of Ronaldo's um, you know presence on the pitch but at times they just look so much slower to the ball and being able to get passed around you know it's not something that we have associated with with Juventus until probably the last two or three seasons. If there is a way to plaster over these quite gaping cracks, Allegri is probably the man to find the way to do that. But do you think that there is a way for Juventus to to overcome these problems on a short-term basis, being between now and, let's say, January when the window reopens? Well, I don't know if the window necessarily will... Um... Well, they need a then, midfield, right? If the window opens and they get a decent midfielder, that will go a long way to helping things. Yeah, it's. It, I suppose this year we've not we're not expecting there to be sort of a, a a runaway leader by the time we get to January because you don't want to be so far off the chasing pack. Because the problem this year for Juventus is not necessarily that they uh, there's a there's a clear challenger that will go away. And, you know, just take the title is that there's four or five other challenges for Champions League football. And they, they really don't need to be off the pace by the time January comes around. So Allegri is certainly capable of uh, whipping them into shape. But he's going to probably have to do it by not this international break, but we have the one in October or November. Because Both, I, don't think I think. They, yeah, but I don't think he can wait. I don't think we can wait for that improvement in Juventus until sort of uh, December, January time. My bold prediction is that you, Juventus will be struggling. Milan will be winter champions. Juve will sign Kessie and win the league. There you go. 
it's out there. It's out there. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking, Milan fans. Relax, please. My God. Um, Vito, Cristiano Ronaldo. Look, we've we've waited 14 minutes to talk about him. We've we've got to, don't we? Because he's he's gone. He's left Serie A. He's left Juventus. I'm personally quite pleased about that. And it is easy to to point at both this result and his exit and to just laugh at, at Juve and say, oh, look, you were Cristiano, like small club ratioed, all of this nonsense. But what are your overall thoughts on his exit? Oh, look, the timing's not ideal simply because they don't have much time to really look for replacement. But... Uh, uh, a guy like him, with his record and his abilities, uh, he's not easy to replace at all, even at 36 years of age. Uh, this will probably give uh, Allegri a bit of a chance to see if he can build a more collective unit, to see if he can uh, build a team that's going to be you know, gelling well instead of having to build the attack around one star player. Uh, if we to talk about his... Um, Overall impact or spell, um, considering that he scored 101 goals in 134 competitive matches, I mean, it's a good record, even if, uh, like you said in a tweet, Connor, that he didn't always have that sort of wow fact about those goals. They weren't your picture goals or anything of uh, great spectacle as such, but um, he was prolific nonetheless. Uh, challenged Chiro Immobile to the Capo Canonere. Uh, title in 2019-20, won it last season, scored five more goals than Romelu Lukaku. So his individual impact was there. But in terms of, say, what he had to bring to the table in the sense of a collective thing, um, he was brought in more or less to win the Champions League, to get them over that hurdle in Europe. And unfortunately, he didn't do that. So I think that's where... His spell might have been looked at as being underwhelming or anticlimactic, but uh, I think when you produce those numbers, at least he was uh, getting the score on the board. He was adapting to Italian football. And uh, I think from that aspect, um, uh, I do not think he should be labelled a flop. It's just more he did not bring that sort of... He didn't bring the big ears back to Turin. Flops. Flop's too strong a word, but you know, and his 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 social media team and his his supporters and, and Juventus supporters will will love those numbers, you know, because you can kind of you can kind of hide behind those. Mm. Um, there was just there was a there was an element of it felt arrogance that he was kind of going to another, you know, going to a team, not necessarily a league, but going to a team where he was going to pick up domestic honours. And he could kind of put the effort in for the Champions League nights, if you like, in the knockout stages. We did see that. You know, he got them for a couple of rounds in his early years at Juventus. You know, didn't quite get them to, you know, over that final hurdle. Um, you know, his final contribution is, you know, dodging out of the way of that, that free kick for Porto, um, which maybe sums up how, how far he sort of struggled to actually take Juventus over that, that, final, that final hurdle. I think even for everything I've said about on the pitch and that sort of playing with 10 men until, you know, he pops up with a goal. At the start of this season, maybe we're seeing some of the impact from the obvious departure that was coming from Juventus. 
and not necessarily just because he was on the bench because if <laughs> I, I well I don't necessarily hate doing this but if we look at Messi obviously left Barcelona for another for for different reasons but there was only ever one club that was really going to be able to you know mm. afford to take him or you know two maybe you know we we put City in it. It, it it clearly hasn't been that case with Ronaldo. Um, it looked it. It looked like, you know, City were the only team really because he was going to go to another side where domestic honours were extremely likely. You know, maybe a little less likely in the Premier League, but then he'd be helping them get over the Champions League hurdle that they've been trying to jump for a number of years. But then when we have this 11th hour move to Manchester United, Oh, you know, however that's come about, United pushing, Ronaldo pushing. There's no, there's, there's no been sort of gunfight over how they're. You know, City haven't been outbid by United. It's like Juventus have just gone. Yeah, you know, you, you it's what it feels like. Juventus have gone. He's going. City were in the leaders, but then you know, United came in. They didn't even. They, they almost haven't even put up a fight. So, you know, it, it just feels like it's, yeah, he's going. Just somebody take him off our hands now. That's, I think, the that's the sad element of this kind of ending because he did have an impact on Syria. Obviously, it brings the, the, the media coverage. Fans going to state, the stadiums and the excitement of seeing him and everything else. You know, a lot like what we've got with Mourinho now that will come to um, come into the league with the media attention. But it... He, it never really felt like he was kind of buying into Juventus, yeah, domestically, I want to say. You know, a little bit like a vanity project for him mm. and Allegri. He'd be able to produce his, his producer numbers that he was still producing at uh, Real Madrid before that. Uh, and and, and yeah, Agnelli or you know, Juventus would have this trophy of a player. And even you know, Syria had this trophy of a player. It's you know probably the most um, impressive song of the last kind of decade to to Syria. Although yeah. Zlatan will have something to say about that. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right, you will. Absolutely right, you will. Um, it's it's a strange one, right? I, I almost feel like he got these two moves done in in the wrong order. In that he should have gone to United when he was three years younger and tried to elevate them being able to give both in, in domestic competition and in the Champions League and then come to to Juve or, I don't know, maybe PSG when he didn't quite have those legs and maybe he just wanted to focus on European football, perhaps. Who knows? But I'm pleased to see him go. I, I do do appreciate that, obviously, that there was that excitement around. Oh, I, do you know what? I don't even want to say that there was excitement around Italian football when he was here because there wasn't any excitement that was brought to Italian football was around him and everything else was inconsequential. Nobody cared what w- what was happening elsewhere. He played, his debut was against Chievo and I'm pretty sure the, the Bentegodi sold out. Anyone who knows Chievo knows how outrageous that is because Chievo don't come close to filling the Bentegodi when they played there. Um, so that kind of summed it up. People did go to games to see Cristiano Ronaldo. People... My my least favorite thing. I'll let you jump in a second, but my least favorite thing about Cristiano in in Italy was that whenever he scored in the stadium, and it didn't really matter where it was that he scored, with the exception of of a couple. But I mean, if he scored in Parma, he scored at the San Siro, he scored anywhere probably except for Bergamo, Napoli, and maybe Rome. 
when he did that celebration, you could hear fans in almost all parts of the stadium joining with the see as he as he landed the jump. And I'm pleased I'll never have to hear that again. To be perfectly honest with you, Kev. No, I was just going to back you up on your um, excitement around Ronaldo rather than Serie A because I remember at the time there were a couple of major newspapers that kind of did match reports on that first sort of, you know, which they would never do, for, you know, even Verona Juventus, mm. they wouldn't do a match report and it was all about Ronaldo. And then you had, there was a couple of games, wasn't there? He hadn't scored. Three, yeah, I think you know, three. You, yeah, so you had, you had a couple of weeks of kind of, is he going to flop? And then once he scored a couple of goals, that was it. You know, the that 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 initial interest, not necessarily excitement, from even, you know, a, a, an alternative uh, country's news. You know, not it was not Portugal. Mm. You know, it was just Ronaldo. It's just an English language and uh, UK newspapers. But yeah, it's exactly an example of where there was never really interest, really in the league. I suppose it was yeah. all him. Uh, a few people have pointed to his his thank you message as he departed, putting signing it off with a uh, grazia, well grazia being spelt with with two z's in the middle, and people saying that look he was here for three years and he doesn't even know how to say thanks in Italian. How, how ridiculous is that? Which to be honest, Cristiano that is quite poor. Although I'm not thinking for a moment that he made that graphic himself. So whoever is on his team basics that google translate will help you there anyway take a short few seconds break and then we will move on to part two wherein we will talk about lazio jose we'd like to thank you for the trophies and the good times too we'll sing your name at every game you're the special one and we all love you ready goes the best in the world we all know we didn't ever want you to go. Jose Mourinho, the man who stole the show. You're the special one and your dynamo. Whoa, whoa, Jose Mourinho. You're special. You're special. You'll always be special, Jose. Okay, Please. we're back. <laughs> it is a relief, Peter. And what is even more of a relief to Lazio fans is the fact that Maurizio Sarri has rocked up and things are going swimmingly. They played Spezia, they went 1-0 down early on. 1-0 behind for the second consecutive week as well. Not that it mattered. They came back, roaring back, and they won 6-1. Vito Sarismo is here, even Hisai scored. Is it time for Lazio fans and us to get excited? Because I already am. Oh, definitely. Uh, I remember when he first came to Napoli, probably the first three or four games... He was struggling to find his feet. Then he changed the formation and then they started steamrolling opponents uh, at Chelsea and Juve. They, he had his difficulties there, but with Lazio, it's like, you know, from the beginning, they've really adapted to his approach. Um, it's a bit more free-flowing considering the players that he's got there, but uh, the football's been scintillating and... Uh, they just look so confident and composed in the way they conduct themselves. They they totally dominate the games, especially in this particular game. Spezia just had no answers for them. And uh, even though they conceded early, after that, that was like that was the catalyst for them just to tear Spezia apart. And, uh, and there was a lot to admire with the way the Aquile played. 
fair to say, Vito, that they've not had the, the toughest opponents so far, right? But did you expect them to be playing quite like this this early on under Sarri? No, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that uh, you know, um, after he left Empoli, he had he would have these difficulties at the new teams that he would coach and have some issues trying to get the teams to play the football that he wants. Uh, Lazio, although they had a bit of a scare against Empoli, um, in general, I think they've really embraced his approach and with the players that he's got there, especially in the midfield with Milinkovic Savic, um, Luis Alberto, Felipe Anderson, they've really, they've really taken things to task. Immobile is uh, not living up to his name. He's been the opposite. He's been rather mobile as well, not just a prolific scorer. And you know you're going to have a good day when you get a guy like Patrick, who's a terrible player, especially as a defender. But uh, I think he was very composed and he was able to just pass the ball effectively. Just kept it simple, distributed to any other defender or the midfielders in front of him, and uh, he he didn't make any idiotic mistakes. Uh, So I think if uh, Sari can uh, get as many of those errors out of his game, I think that's a very positive sign for Lazio. Why are you picking on Patrick? They've just won (laughs) 6-1. Because usually he's... uh, He's a terrible defender. Usually, he's just <laughs> atrocious. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's like Sarri. He's already weaving his magic. I mean, if you can transform the worst of players, uh, that's something to already be proud of, even in this early stage of his stint. I'm trying to think of a thing because sometimes the, the R here can be pronounced a bit like an L. I think that might be a bit of a Parma thing. But I'm trying to think of the uh, when when Harry met Sally, when when Patrick met Sari. Maybe maybe there's a a film in, in that combination there. Who knows? Kev, yeah. we won't entertain my daft ideas. We'll continue to talk about Chiro Immobile because he's got four goals in two games. He's got a hat trick in the first half this weekend, and it's fair to say that after the ridiculous criticism. I mean, fair enough, it, he wasn't at his best, but some of the criticism over the summer was over the top, and we said that at the time as well. He is responding in the best possible way, and he is loving life under Sari, and he's going to be the new Gonzalo Higuain. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I um, I said on our preview pod, was you why did. I tipped him for uh, Capo Cagnari, um, because you know, they will. Sari will create chances for him. Lovely first goal, that sort of delicate little chip. Um, the second, the, the second, second. from outside the box was, was beautiful as well. Uh, you know, and he got that little bit of luck, wasn't it? It was like directly after missing the pen, which mm. um, maybe, maybe, maybe there's an element of Higuain there that Sari's given uh, <laughs> Chiro missing he, penalties. He missed a he missed a couple. Um, that I can recall mm. in a, in a Napoli shirt. I mean, one against Lazio, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, he'll 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 get chances. The the Euros is, you know, international football players. Okay, he plays with, but not on a weekly basis. And you know, it's one of those. You, it, it, because you're a striker, I think a lot of the um, the excellent work you do for the team kind of gets missed or gets gets missed on purpose because it's a nice narrative for a. For, for a, a journalist to, to write when a striker's not scoring. So it's the easy one. It's a little bit of uh, 
lazy punditry and journalism, I think, when a striker's not scoring. But but Chiro will be fine. And I am quite confident, not confident to lose another dinner bet with you. But uh, are we are we doing this? Are we? No, no, no. I'll continue to just watch Guardiola not score for Sampton. Uh, Leave him alone. He's not having chances created from Jesus today. I swear to God, I was getting angry. Just watching him wander about with, with no one giving him the ball. But anyway, um, yeah, Chiro is going to be fine. Kev, I'll get a, I'll get a prediction of you, though, because we can't make a bet on this because we think the same thing. So we'll we'll find another thing to do that with um, at some point this season. How many goals is, is Immobile scoring in Serie A this season? Um, He's got four and two. Yeah, I'll go 25. Disrespectful. Minimum disrespectful I'm going to say he's getting at least 30 at least 30 this season anyway one of the reasons I think he might get so many goals is because Felipe Anderson is back to what he called Vito his home and he scored so I want to ask he's had a bit of a funny time since leaving Lazio really what do you think of him coming back to the Bianco Celesti now I think it's an ideal move and also, you know, playing in a Sarri team, I think uh, a player of his qualities would be well suited and it, and it showed for the fourth goal. It was a lovely flick on his part at Sombrero and then just to finish like he did, you know, it was a terrific goal on his part. And even in general play, he just looks so, so composed, confident on the ball, willing to take players on. And uh, he's not always in a fixed position. He'll move around to wherever he gets those pockets of space and just uh, does on the ball. I think returning to Serie A is uh, ideal for him. So I think uh, the top of football that's played in Italy is more to his liking. Whereas, you know, without becoming cliche or anything like that, I just don't think, uh, you know, playing in the Premier League was really for him. So returning to Lazio, I think, yeah. Best move for him, and I reckon he'll he'll keep getting better. A player who very much went to the Premier League, did very well, came to Italy, did very well, and has now changed sides in Italy is, is Pedro. He's settling in quite nicely there already, Kev, like basically everybody is in, in the blue half and I would say the red half of the Eternal City. Uh, with Pedro, Sergio Linkovic, Luis Alberto, and even Lucas, your, your mate, do is there an argument to be made that Lazio minus Patrick and maybe Pepe Reina have one of the strongest, if not the strongest, 11s in Serie A when everyone's fit? Yeah, sadly, I can't, I can't disagree with you. Um, yeah, so Reina does have his mm. his blind spots on occasion, but you know he's he's um he's he's getting older I, I do think he's he's still a um an upgrade on Strakosha. and um, do you really yeah i was never convinced by Strakosha. it was more about his performances i think than rainer's i don't think there's a lot in it but um particularly if we think about sari's football rainer always impressed everybody uh sort of i sort of sit around anfield his distribution and you know playing that high line as a goalkeeper you obviously when you're getting a bit older and you're losing a bit of your your speed coming out off your line, maybe he's playing a little deeper than what he was um, when he was, maybe even at Napoli. Um, but yeah, they're certainly up there. Lucas is, is you know, I'd, I'd happily chat to anybody over Lucas for his um, 
his tactical discipline and his positioning, but he's also a more progressive midfielder than I think people give him credit for. And it'll be interesting if we, we see a little bit more of that from um, from him this season under Sarri. I've not had a chance to watch Lazio in full yet, but uh, I'll be keen to kind of see if he's doing a little bit more of what he can do and just uh, kind of got pigeonholed into a bit of a defensive midfielder and maybe a little bit uh, immobile um at times but he, but he's not actually he's just he's just not the, the the speediest player and as for pedro well always going to be a success in my eyes because i think the barcelona side he played in was so good that uh, his quality uh, he's kind of got missed at times um because of mm. what was around him and a tremendous little player yeah fantastic player anyway that'll do for lazio on part 3 We'll be talking a little bit about AC Milan, who won again. There's only one Zlatan. Are you sure? Yeah. You know Zlatan? I know. Sometimes I think it's his twin brother. Because uh, last Wednesday, there was another behavior than, than today. You play so well today. How you know Zlatan? Is the first time you meet him on Vito, Milan, they are romping it. They beat Cagliari 4-1 at the Stadio San Siro. Um, you did the report for us on this one. You covered it for FIF. And it was a bit of an electric start at the San Siro. Talk us through the game. Well, it's a fabulous first half. Both teams were playing at a high tempo. Uh, obviously, Milan had more of the possession, but it looked like that uh, both teams uh, were going for it. And uh, the Rossoneri showed that the individual qualities uh, stood out as well instead of not just uh, the team play. I think uh, uh, the superior squad quality made the difference in this case. And uh, eventually the Cagliari defence just could not handle them. They moved the ball very quickly. The Rossoneri uh, were, you know, direct. And uh, and it's been quite a while since I've seen them play with such confidence. I was honestly expecting a similar result to the Lazio Spezia game. But... Uh, what they did in the first half was more than enough. And uh, the likes of uh, Brahim Diaz, um, Giroud, and uh, even Leal, they were very impressive. And Tonali to open the scoring with that free kick, that was superb. Uh, in the second half, the mm-hmm. game sort of slowed down. Milan showed mercy on Cagliari, but uh, Cagliari didn't show enough to really muster a comeback or show some fight to keep the scoreboard a bit respectable. I think uh, with the, what uh, Milan done, they were so relentless in the first half and um, uh, undoubtedly they deserve the three points. Just a wonderful performance from Pioli's men. Mm. Yeah, Tonali scored a gorgeous goal and I've got to admit, I was quite happy when I saw that he had scored and and gotten off the mark because he's had a lot of criticism as well throughout the summer and last season. But then that happiness turned into not quite frustration, but I kind of just felt a little bit, oh no, why have you done that? Because I saw a video of his, his goal held up beside a video of Andrea Pirlo's first ever goal for Milan, and they are identical. They both took free kicks from the same position and put them into the same parts of the net. And the reason I'm not happy about this is because Tonali has been called like the new Pirlo for as long as I can remember, despite not being anything much like Andrea Pirlo as a player, except for the fact that they both 
are quite attractive men with the similar haircut, particularly in their youth. But th- that's where the comparisons stop for me. But Kev, on Tonali, is this his season? He's another year older. He's had a yeah, year at Milan now to settle and he looks like he's ready to explode. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think it will certainly be a better season. And that uh, comparison with Pirlo was one of the things that I highlighted last year as as an issue for his... um, Kind of stalling, or maybe just not 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 hitting the ground running at Milan. They were also in a in a in a very good place with regards to their league performances last year with Kessie and Benacer in the midfield. And at that point, you could, couldn't really expect him to sort of come in and dominate. And because of the media attention he got, there was maybe a uh, an inaccurate price. You know, a price agreed that uh, was the kind of not the obligation to buy, but the opportunity to buy at the end of the season. Um, so there was probably a little bit of the fact that he felt he needed to maybe live up to that price. People wanted him to live up to that that price tag, and it now it's been made permanent. Almost, you know, he's, he's not maybe sweating over whether he's actually going to be a, a, a full-time Milan player. And actually, the the price that they managed to negotiate down a little is probably more reflective actually where he is with his career and how old he is. It's almost like Brescia were charging them for the potential as opposed to, you yeah. know, what, what, what he was at the time. Um, and now that we've got Kessie just kind of slowly coming back from the African African nations, that, well, mind you, actually, he will leave for the yeah. uh, the Africa Cup of Nations at some point this season. So it'll be another opportunity for Tonali to to get some minutes in his belt. But actually, obviously, the Olympics is what Kessie's come back from. So he's had a he's had a shorter summer. And again, so I think that maybe that pressure, knowing that he's getting those minutes, and maybe Pioli's been very open with him. 
saying, you know, start of the season, I'm going to give you this run of games. You know, this, this, the season usually starts at a little bit of a slower pace. You know, we mentioned the heat last, uh, last week. So possibly everything is kind of lining up into place for Tonali this year to have a good sort of kind of, yeah, finally have that break breakthrough season at Milan. Fingers crossed. Vito, we've we've got players like Tonali, Rafael Leao. Who else is there? Simon Kier, Olivier Giroud. There's a lot of these players who are very much at the opposite ends of their careers. And I think we saw on Sunday evening that when it all comes together, this is when Milan are at their best, right? Oh, certainly. And it's a it's a good balance too, because those veterans, the well-seasoned, uh, they have an understanding of the game in general and they've had respectable careers, uh, particularly Giroud. So they can uh, advise these young players and give them some confidence. Whereas the youngsters they brought in, they've been good acquisitions and uh, they've shown that they do have a lot of potential and there's also the room for them to improve. Uh, it also shows that uh, Pioli's been able to give them uh, a structure but the team's balanced. Again, what I do like about this team is that there are plays in natural positions and roles that really suit them. He's not experimenting or he's not chopping or changing or trying to make them into something that they're not. So I think with most of the positions being well covered, I think that's uh, really been beneficial for the squad and allows them to play the best football that they can. You look at the squad and they've got a lot of... Exciting players, some big names in in, in Kier. I said Kier a minute ago, didn't I? I'm sorry, Simo. Uh, with with Kier Ibrahimovic and and Giroud, they've got all of these young players. Vito, you gave Brahim Diaz man of the match this evening as well. But then, Kev, you've got the likes of Davide Calabria and Alessandro Florenzi, and it's easy to look at them and just kind of think, nah. But they've got quite a big role to play there this season, don't they? Yeah, well, I think. Um... Particularly at fullback, when you've got Hernandez going off on his his, his runs up the left hand side, there's a he was great tonight. He was great. I'm not going to have you slander. No, him no, today. but I think for for balance, because you know, unlike where you know people want two really dynamic kind of fullback stroke wingbacks, which I think is fine in a free or in, you know in other you know formations, maybe where you drop a centre, your defensive midfielder drops into the centre half. But so I think actually having a Calabria brings a bit of balance and I don't think he's I don't think he's poor going forward but but why not have those players that kind of just go undetected because you know the fans always love kind of that sort of sort of player I I had until um last week even missed that Florenzi had gone to Milan until he came off of the bench um but you know they had Conti from Atalanta that was this kind of dynamic rampaging you know again Came in with a, a a lot of you know hope that he's he still would... technically there as well. I think they're trying to get rid of him. I don't think they have yet. Yeah, but you know, but that didn't work. So then why not uh, Calabria? You know, Calabria's kind of you know mm. there was injury problems with Conti, but he's kind of seen off the challenges of other fullbacks. So yeah, I think they're kind of fundamental to to the way teams work. Just having that player that keeps their head down, um, not doing a bad job at all, is he? No, not at all. I quite like him, actually, to be to be honest. He's quite easy to, to look at and think, ah, uh, he's not great, but I do. He's got, he's got a nice rolled-down sock as well, which... I've not actually yeah. noticed that. He's just yeah. one of those admirable professionals, though, isn't he? He's 
you'll you know what you're getting with him. He's never gonna give you a ten out of ten, but he'll probably never give you a two out of ten. You're always gonna get between like a, a six and a seven out of Calabria. So I think there's there's definitely a lot of space for that in it in any team. And I think Florenzi's a little bit cut from the same cloth. Um, Vita, one point from two for Cagliari, though. After the way they finished last season, it's not the kind of start that Semplici will have hoped for. No, not at all. They just, um, just seems that uh, all this stuff with not being able to sign uh, Rajan Engelan again, and he's gone to Royal Antwerp back in his native Belgium, um, Rog out for the season. And then there's also this talk of Nandes leaving. That would unsettle the squad, so that's not good. Um, Cranio didn't play in this game, but uh, I think Milan played so well that uh, even it would have been hard even for him to uh, stop that sort of demolition. And just up front, uh, I think they're going to be relying a lot on João Pedro again to provide that spark. And uh, his pass to Diola was superb. I mean... Uh, we need to see a lot more from that, if uh, from him, if uh, Coyote stand the chance of survival. And uh, uh, Letti was quite disappointing, but uh, he's the kind of guy that needs crosses. And uh, Coyote weren't uh, producing many because Theo and uh, Leal were just dominant on the left. And then on the right, you've got Calabria and Salamakers putting a good shift. So... Um, for Coyote, it just was not uh, easy at all to put in any adequate supply for Pavoletti just hang in the air. Luckily, uh, Salernitana and Venezia are doing so badly yeah. that Cali are probably only going to be fighting with one other side for survival. <laughs> so, Just like last season, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Although it's the two new boys who are very, very much in, in trouble, it would seem. Anyway... That'll do. We will return for part four, and we'll talk very quickly about the other Serie A games as well. We saw you scream in, into the camera that it's coming to Rome after the game. Uh, of course, this is a uh, something aimed at the what they all say in England about football coming home. Was that something you used as a motivation or as something that maybe? lit a fire inside of you uh, before this game. Absolutely, sì. All right, so where shall we start with these? I think, Kev, I'll come to you for Atalanta Bologna. Finish nil-nil. Mihailovic parked the bus and it worked. Job done, take a point, run back to Bologna, basically. Yeah, I saw the highlights of this. I did think that Atalanta were a little wood, little wayward in some of their finishing, yeah. um, but you know maybe that just comes out of the frustration from from Mihailovic's kind of defensive stance. And when you are playing a side like Atalanta at home, first game of the season, it's not a bad tactic to attempt, and he got away with it. So he will be happy. Bologna will be happy. The fans will be happy. Just uh, Gasparini that uh, won't be too happy. So, yeah, it's uh, they 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 there won't be many other de- games like that for Atalanta. I think when you've got uh, Zapata and Muriel up to up to speed later in the season. No, I mean well, Duvan's out for a month at the moment, unfortunately, and Muriel had the the Copa America with Duvan this summer. So, yeah, 
there were a lot of chances for Atalanta, particularly in the first few minutes, that once they didn't take those, the chances were fewer and farther between. And you could kind of see that the writing was on the wall from about an hour in, unfortunately. Um, oh, I had something to say, but I've completely forgotten. Oh, yeah, this was the first nil-nil in Serie A of the season. And it came between Atalanta, perhaps the most exciting team in Europe for the last two or three years, and Bologna, who have scored and conceded a combination of about 25 goals in a in a Coppa Italia match and uh, their opening Serie A game of the season. So there you go. That's both of those teams' only scoreless draw of the season. There's going to be goals even more than than there would otherwise have been when they return from the international break. The next game, Vito Salenitana played Roma. They lost 4-0, I believe, that finished. Veritu is on fire. Abraham is off the mark and looking brilliant. And Mourinho has found a son in Lorenzo Pellegrini, it would seem. <laughs> oh, They just uh, completely dominated Salernitana. They just uh, looked very composed on the ball, passing with great freedom. And they had... Uh, Great composure. I like the way they play, to be honest, because um, I don't think we've really seen a Mourinho team play with such uh, endeavour probably since his Real Madrid days, to be honest. I know it sounds a bit cliched, especially regarding Mourinho, but it's an impressive imp- approach so far. And the players you mentioned, Virtu, getting into scoring positions from deep. He's been fantastic in that role, and he can only get better with Mourinho. Uh, and Abraham, he's adapting to Italian football very quickly. He just looks so fast, mobile, and it was a fine finish on his part to score. And then, yeah, Pellegrini, um, he probably, I wouldn't say he caused controversy, but I think he was having a bit of a dummy spit when he released that story on Instagram. But I think now with Mourinho, he can show what a footballer he can be. When he performs, uh, he can be an integral part of that Giallorossi team. And uh, there were two good finishes, especially the fourth one. That was an excellent bending strike from Pellegrini. So hopefully for their sake, Pellegrini find... can produce that type of form. I find it crazy, to be honest. I'm one of the people who's always been slightly doubtful of, of Pellegrini, but Mourinho said during the week, I'd play three Pellegrinis in my team if I had them. Uh, he loves him. And it's it's interesting to see. Maybe Pellegrini is going to be his like um his Frank Lampard type, where he just puts his arm around the shoulder and falls in love. So I'm wondering who the John Terry character is going to be because I don't know if Roma have that character. Unless it's going to be Big Chris, I can't see it to be honest. But maybe Kumbula. it's Tammy Abraham. Who knows? Mm. Kumbula possibly Vito, possibly Kev. Genoa won Napoli two. Big Andrea Patania walked onto the pitch and had barely stopped walking when he headed in the winner for Napoli. The king is back. Yeah, he's off the mark. Sal Osserman, don't need him. Salad <laughs> <laughs> senior as well. Let him leave. Just play yeah. Patania, play with ten. You're sorted. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw Sam uh, Vito in the week on uh, on Twitter it was. Big enough, sort of Patania maybe being a better option for for Samp. So They're linked maybe maybe it was just an audition for Samp to you know get the get the big man in. Um, you know he came in, came in, did what was asked of him. Um, do you think he would have been a little bit disappointed not to start, considering Osserman serving a suspension? I'm not mm. sure. I, I think Patania went there kind of knowing his role in in truth, mm. particularly with with Aussie men there. 
Napoli aren't a team that play with with a player like Andrea Batania when things are going to plan, unfortunately. But maybe he'll start next week. Because or not next week. It's against isn't it against Juve? Don't they play Juve in the first game back after the international I break? I haven't looked past the international break. Because I know Ozzy so. got a two game ban and I'm pretty sure the second of those is against oh, Juve. Yes it is. I remember reading that. Yeah. Because yeah. It is. It's definitely Juve. Yeah, it is. Get big Andrea in the eleven, Luciano. You will not regret it if uh, the Spal version shows up. Um, Verona one, Inter three. Vito Correa. I mean, he came off the bench just like Patania did, but he scored two goals from the bench. One of them was a great header, and the other was a lovely finish from just outside the box. Not a bad way to introduce yourself to your new set of supporters, particularly when a lot of people are very sceptical about your move in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's true because Korea does have that reputation for being inconsistent and not being prolific, but uh, have uh, we talk lost about the... a super sub-impact. Okay. That's, that's what it was. Vito, just repeat that, please, because the it seemed to cut out on our end. Mm-hmm. Correa certainly made that super sub impact. I mean, it was a, a incredible way to make a debut, and he did have those doubters there questioning his prolificness and his inconsistency at Lazio. But uh, to score the two goals like he did, I think that was fantastic on his part. Uh, Milan, I mean, sorry, Inter. Apologies, Nerazzurri fans. Ooh. Inter did. Um, did have a bit of a struggle against uh, Verona. Uh, they weren't as fluid as they were against uh, Genoa. But uh, I think, again, this is when they show that when you have that star quality, it makes the difference. And uh, Correa made sure that the points were going back to, you know, the blue and black part of Milan with those goals in the last 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, joy to watch. I think uh, he can make an impact later on. Does he get in your team of the week, Vito? If you're allowed, yeah, oh, I know you're. Definitely. If he comes off the bench, I know uh, sometimes you don't allow that. You only play 15 minutes. Mm. Oh, nice it varies, but I think with the what he did in such a limited time and to secure such a win, uh, he makes my team of the week. Kev's only okay. asking because he wants to use him as player of the week, but he has to be sure that he's in the team before he uh, does that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, um, I'll. I'll 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 stick by a sort of fifteen minute cameo. Isn't enough when somebody else okay. has scored a hat trick this week? Maybe. Ah. <laughs> yeah, giving away who it's going to be. Everybody. Ah, I wonder who that could <laughs> be. Anyway, um, I was at the Mape for Sassuolo Sampdoria. Finished nil nil. I don't know how to be perfectly honest with you because for the first twenty minutes it was end to end. Nobody was defending. Everybody was pushing forward, and it was great. The next twenty minutes were still quite lively but not quite as lively. And then the second half, basically not much happened at all. But Sassuolo peppered Emil Adero's goal. And I've got to give him credit. We we pointed fingers at him for the goal he conceded against Brahim Diaz, I believe, in, in the first round of fixtures this season. But he was he was brilliant today. Filip Juricic, Raspadori, Jeremy Boga, Chicho Caputo, everybody had a go. 
but Adero just said no, and he is the reason that Samp left Reggio Emilia with with a point in the bag. So they'll be pleased enough with that, I'd imagine. Kev Fiorentina beat Torino in their. It's not. A, I was going to say the friendly derby, but it's not a derby. It's just a a friend match because they they have that twinning the the Gemellaggio between the two ultras there. And it's always quite amicable. Fiorentina won 2-1 anyway. Vlaovic and Nico Gonzalez both scored. Yeah, there's um, a little bit of hype, certainly a, a lot of optimism around Gonzalez. So it was nice to see him get off the score sheet. It was. Um, it, it looked like it didn't have enough pace on it. It was really kind of a delicate, curled effort. Um, so it was more about accuracy than power. And then it was a great move that was finished off by Vlajevic, which uh, Bonaventura sent over across. That was uh, just just gagging to be headed. He did. Our Jack. We love Jack. Uh, Jack propaganda on FIF is always welcome. Vito. Something I'm not very welcoming of was the fact that Udinese beat Venezia 3-0. Venezia, you and described them once as a, a club that is just 100% vibes. So from now on, they are Venezia, the vibe club. Um, they're struggling in, in Serie A, it's fair to say. Losing 3-0 against Udinese is it's not a great way to, to start life in the top tier. No, not at all. And also against, uh, I wouldn't say a regional rival because they're from two separate regions, but they're from that part of... Um, Northeastern Italy, so when those kind of teams play each other, it's not always uh, friendly at all. So for the Zebrete to smash them 3-0, I'm sure the Veneziani would not be through whatsoever. And once again, I think it just shows that Venezia's team, just squad looks out of depth. Um, again, these players are really lacking Serie A experience. And they also... Just uh, sold one of the main talisman in Serie B, Francesco Di Mariano. He was a, a good forward for them, good scorer and creator. He's gone to Lecce. He stayed in Serie B, which I think is a shame because I think he deserved a shot in Serie A. But uh, that's the path they've taken, and you know I'm already um, feeling pessimistic about Venezia. Mm, yeah, I am. I am too. You've you've reminded me of something that. It's it's a riddle and a, and a question that I stumbled across by accident while chatting to Kev last week, waiting to, to start the podcast recording. So I'm going to ask our listeners this question. Which, which Serie A team is in Friuli Venezia Giulia, but isn't in Friuli Venezia Giulia? And while our listeners ponder that question, Kev, you've got a bit of a gripe because Udinese wore a dreadful green and basically like a sprite can kit at home yeah i i switched on and i thought you know what's going on who's you know i was pretty sure that venezia were playing a lot of their first games of the season away from home um and then i found myself actually wanting the ban on green kits to take place this <laughs> season <laughs> rather than next because it's a god awful color um it's bad isn't it yeah, it's, it's 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 up there. I don't think we've done anything on good and well, we did do good and bad kits. I don't think I, I can't have seen that one when it came out. No, I, d- I don't know where it came from. It just seems to appear, didn't it, this weekend? Because I didn't actually see this, and then you said that Udinese wore a green kit at home, and I thought, 
what? They've not got yeah. a green kit, have they? But yeah, strange one. Like, strange they rock one. up in all sorts of stuff, don't they? They do. They do, and this is one of the reasons why we'd be happy to see them fall down to Serie B. Listeners, I'll put you out of your misery. Um, the, the team which, the Serie A team which is in Friuli Venezia Giulia, but isn't in Friuli Venezia Giulia, is, of course, Venezia. Um, it's a strange one, but Venezia is not in that region. It's actually in the region of Veneto, but, of course, the word Venezia is in Friuli Venezia Giulia, so... I stumbled across that last week, had a bit of fun with it. Nobody else did, so I'm sure that none of you listeners did, but I'm enjoying it, and that is, in my mind, all that matters. So you can stuff it. Anyway, look, that's all of the Serie A football we've got to talk about. Before we let you guys go, though, we've got to play the game. So last week, Kev, I gave you a charity point. I got the points. (laughs) First week of the season, there were three of you and I got the point, but we'll go again. Kev, as a person who picked up a point last week, I'm going to let you go first, even though you didn't win. Oh, but I, thought you came... me, I thought you were going to let me go, as in you let me go. <laughs> you're so funny. Oh. You're so funny. Um, anyway, you know the rules. Let's go, mystery Saudi Arabia player. It's quite an easy one, given the fact that my um, selection process is very flawed for this game. But anyway, Kev, take it away. Uh, are they Italian? Yes, they are Italian. Uh, do they play in Northern Italy? They do, yes. Do they play in Milan? They do not play in Milan. When you say Milan, I don't know if you mean oh, the club okay. or the well, city. Say, you say, oh, yeah, okay, the city of Milan. They do not play in the city of Milan, no. Vito, over to you. Do they play in Emilia-Romagna? They do, yes. Is it a Sassuolo player? Yes, it is. Vito knows. Vito knows the logic. Is it, is it Giacomo Raspadori? It is not Giacomo Raspadori. I thought that was too obvious. So it's not. So, Kev, you know that it's an Italian player who plays yeah. for Sassuolo. Is Sassuola. it Do- Domenico Berardi? Why are we going with names already? We, we, we usually do positions. Well, no, it's cause... not Berardi. Over to Vito. Is it a defender? It's not a defender. No, Kev. Is it a midfielder? Yes, he is a midfielder. Bugger. <laughs> oh, whatever. Be I'm honest cautious. with you, I heard the fans singing his name today, and I thought, is he? Is he still? Is he still there? Uh, it's not uh, Manieli. <laughs> no, what's his name? What is his name? You're so close, but I cannot give you that because that is not his name. You said Manieli. Yeah. No. Oh, Francesco. Okay. You're, oh. you're missing a syllable. Mag, man, Maganelli. <laughs> yeah, there. I can, can see you, the name. I can't say it. Can you it, spell it? Oh, is it M-G-M-A-G-I-N-E-L-L-I? <laughs> is that how you spell it? <laughs> no, like I'm going to get a number. I'm thinking of a number four on the show. Yeah, as well, like, which I don't think is still there. Vito, we've got to give him this point, don't we? It's um, yeah. Look, he's he's tried. Look, I'll I'd yeah. give him that too. Who is it? Because they they, they look like thirty eight or something now, aren't they? He is thirty six years old. Surprisingly, um, Francesco Magnanelli. Magnanelli. Okay. Magnanelli. Yeah. Yes, there you it's go. Certainly one that I'd look up before getting berated for spelling it wrong on a match report. So yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. Congratulations, Kev. 
two from two with an asterisk beside that. But it's a good start. Vito, I think we should just let him win until about game week 18. And then you could just win the subsequent 30. 20. Yeah, 20. And then wow. yeah. I'm, I'm almost doing my kind of slow build up into the season. As you guys know, I've not watched a lot of the games this weekend due to other commitments. Don't say that while we're still recording. Um, well, no, I'm just kind of saying that uh, once I've actually got to, I'll, I'll just, I'll soon be able to just watch every game that you're reporting on, Connor, and then that will give me <laughs> <laughs> that will give me a better idea of at least, you know, I'll, I'll have I'll have maybe 22 or 44 players to kind of choose from if I just know okay. which games you're doing. Fair um, I haven't had that luxury yet this season. All right, guys, thank you for, for lending us your ears for the last hour and a bit. Um, Kev, have you anything else to say? No. For once. Tell them to support us on Patreon. Yes, yeah, support us on Patreon Good. and we will give you special content. Well, you're going to give them topless. I'm going to give them an hour of my life. <laughs> if they want you, are. you are. Vito, have you anything else to say? Uh... Not related to this, uh, well, again, just the sentiments of, um, you know, Patreon. You can pay two euros, five euros, ten euros. Pay. Just pay. give us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. Dedicate, you won't regret it. Support well, us. Yes. Preferably the five euro tier, because uh, to be honest, the, the, the five euro tier is, is definitely the, the best value for money. And. We, we do want to ask you guys to tell us what you would like to hear more of. Would you like to hear us do podcasts on, on great Calcio teams, podcasts on great Calcio matches, whatever, individuals, Italian regions, stuff that's not related to football but is related to Italy. I mean, some of us do live here as well, so we are very much the guys to ask about that. Let us know. Join us on Patreon and we'll we'll have you taken on a tour of Italy and Italian football with us. Thank you very much. Kev, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I could see you wanted to say something else. That's why I told you specifically to say goodbye. Vito, say goodbye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We will speak to you very soon. Oh, it's the international break. I don't know when we'll speak to you again. Patrons will speak to you at least twice over the international break. Other people, who knows? Goodbye. nel cielo vinci per noi domenica è arrivata già fa paura l'incertezza lo stadio si riempirà e la vittoria sia certezza sciarpe al manarco e la bandiera li porto con me l'aria che respiro qui li fa crescere nel cuore la speranza di vedere grande questo azzurro che si muove sempre più in alto, sempre più in alto con noi. Empoli, ma come azzurro è il tuo colore, Empoli, ma come amore che sento per te, Empoli. sento lottare, è questa squadra che mi fa cantare, Empoli, un urlo che esplode.
grande nel cielo, vinci per noi, vinci per noi, un urlo che esplode nel cielo, questo sogno mi lascerà una stella sul mio petto, sull'azzurro risplenderà come grande lo scudetto, grida più forte senza violenza con noi. sento lottare, è questa squadra che mi fa cantare, Empoli, un urlo che esplode nel cielo, vinci per noi, vinci per noi, un urlo che esplode nel cielo, Empoli, ha come azzurro il tuo colore, Empoli, ha come amore che sento per te. squadra che mi fa cantare Empoli, urlo che esplode nel cielo, dici per noi, dici per noi, urlo che esplode nel cielo, Empoli, allo mezzurro è il tuo colore, Empoli, allo mio amore che sento per te. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.